0: Today, you will learn the power of gratitude. There is so much power in gratitude. It is overlooked. It is a key that unlocks so many things, so many things that you want for your life. Gratitude is the key. Gratitude is not something small. It is huge, the power of giving thanks. And so today I'm going to teach you so you can know this weapon, this tool that you have that you didn't even realize quite possibly. Amen. It says in the word of God, In Philippians 4.11, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Apostle Paul is saying, I have learned the secret. And so today I want to share some revelation because he kind of was just like, I've learned the secret and he kind of stops there. So I want to expand and teach you the revelation. What is the secret? You've learned the secret, how to be content no matter any kind of circumstance, even when things are hard, even when you're in need, how? Well, one of the biggest secrets is to be thankful for Jesus. Jesus alone. Jesus without the benefits, the rewards, the blessings. Jesus alone. Gratitude in Jesus alone. Those of you who've been believers for a long time, when's the last time you've stopped and truly been so grateful for the person of Jesus alone? The truth is that Jesus is greater than anything, any power, any, anything in this world. Nothing comes close to Jesus himself. Anything else, even the things that come from him, they all don't match up to the person of Jesus himself. Person of Jesus himself, because he's a person. He's a person who wants to have relationship with you, 24 seven, to live inside of you, and for you to be aware of his presence 24-7. For you to talk to him. For you to commune with him. For you to really be with him 24-7. He is the best friend in the whole world. No one's a greater friend than him. And he's with you all the time. You have the, most, the best friend there could ever be in the world living with you all of the time. And there is this hole that every single one of us was was created with. And the only one that fills it is Jesus. He was created to fill it. By him being your Lord and Savior. By him becoming your very best friend. And by you being in relationship with him. When you are doing those things and when you're actively loving on him. Not just receiving love the way you want to receive love. But really in a relationship where you're touching his heart where you're after his heart, this void has been filled completely. You don't need to wait many years. You don't need to wait for a certain accomplishment, a certain achievement to have this hole inside you filled. It can be filled literally today and stay filled for the rest of your life with the person of Jesus alone. So number one, Jesus, he's given us everything by giving us himself by giving us his spirit we sh- technically we shouldn't want for nothing else i mean technically we should be so grateful that we have been saved from the pit of hell here on earth living heaven i mean living hell on earth and when we die living in hell true hell we should be so overjoyed that Jesus has saved us from this place because it's only Jesus who can do that it's only it's only Jesus and it's so simply he just he, he he's done it on the cross it's already finished so simply we can receive this we don't have to struggle to strive to do things work to achieve it we just have to believe and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior that's all we have to do you can do it right now in A quarter of a second that's it what a gift this is everything Jesus is everything the person of Jesus is everything we don't need anything else but Jesus and so often we forget the great gift that is already inside of you So often, especially if you've been a believer for a long time, don't forget your first love. Don't forget what it was like before you had Jesus. Don't forget. You gotta remind yourself what life used to be like before Jesus came into your life. You You gotta remember how lonely you were. You gotta remember how depressed you were, how tormented you were, remember that Jesus became everything. He became life from death to life. Hallelujah. So um we as believers as time goes on, it is so important we remind ourselves of this truth that Jesus himself is enough. Relationship. So often we neglect the relationship with Jesus and we do the churchy things and we're 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 focus so much on the promises but we're neglecting the relationship with jesus but that's everything everything should flow from the relationship with jesus when we miss the relationship with jesus we stop getting we stop being content when we miss the relationship with jesus we start wanting for things wanting but the bible says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want (laughs) Meaning that with Jesus, we should not want, we should be content with the person of Jesus himself. Sure, things can be uncomfortable, not fun, they can be hard, they can be challenging, they can be brutal sometimes, but the contentment can still be there because Jesus is everything. He is the one that brings peace, he is the one that brings joy, he is the one that brings fulfillment, he is the one that makes you not to be lonely but to feel his company the person of Jesus alone, hallelujah. So we need to remember that we are indebted to Jesus for just the fact that he saved us and he lives in us and he's constantly pouring out his spirit, bringing us peace and joy. We are not entitled to that. This is a gift from Jesus. So we better make sure we remind ourselves to be grateful for this simple thing that I'm sharing that many times we forget about. Not simple, it's major, but sometimes it just gets overlooked. This, the simplicity of of just Jesus so Jesus alone is so powerful without the blessings. And then he gives us so many blessings. But so often when we're talking about gratitude, we're like, think about what God's done for you. Think about the blessings that he's given you. Yes, but I want to share with you right now, don't jump forward too fast. When you're thinking uh, when you're thinking of the blessings God's given you, don't skip past the relationship part. Don't skip past the, the gratitude that he has come and live, to live inside of you and be your very best friend and never leave you, never forsake you, but to have intimacy with you all the time. Don't forget how beautiful that is. And we have to remind ourselves as Christians because as humans, we forget. So when you've been a Christian for a while and it was a long time ago since when you were first saved, you have to remind yourself, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So when you do this, this is part one of how to be content always. When you can, I mean, this is the hole is filled when you put Jesus there, Jesus alone, not all the extras, the rewards, the blessings, but Jesus alone. That's the secret of finding content everywhere in lack or not. That's the secret because when you are in lack, you still have Jesus just the same as when you had plenty. And it's not the lack of the plenty that de- de- determines your being content. It's having Jesus living inside of you and having relationship with him and having his promises alive in you and his assurance that he is faithful, that he will always come through for you. Knowing that person is living inside of you, you can count on him. This is what brings that contentment in every single circumstance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So gratitude, praise God. Gratitude. Practicing gratitude brings contentment. Remember I shared with you how powerful gratitude is. It brings contentment. That's powerful. Amen. That's what the world's looking for. It's in gratitude. Wow. Amen. So I mentioned first the person of Jesus, but number two, like when you are practicing gratitude, when you're spending time giving thanks, make sure you're starting with the person of Jesus, the relationship with Jesus. And from there, make sure you're also acknowledging the blessings he's given you because they come from him. And because the things, many often when, when we're not content. It's because there are certain blessings that have not come our way yet, things that we want that we don't have yet. But it's so important in those moments that you do not turn a blind eye to the billions of blessings that God has already given you. Every day of your life, he's pouring out blessings upon you. Remember to start with the simplicity of Jesus himself. We are not entitled to anything. We are not entitled to have Jesus as our Lord to live inside of us. We are not entitled to be here and to breathe this air. This is all a gift. When you stop and think about it, it's all a gift. And we are also not entitled to the blessings that we've already had or the blessings that we want so badly. We need to stop being entitled. (laughs) <laughs> amen when we stop and think about it the people in the world there's many things that they are entitled about even having marriage and children in a car and a house like these have become such entitlement things like well the universe must bring it to me you know like it's just it's it's seen as I deserve this I should have this but the truth is we are not entitled to anything every little thing that God has given you. Every relationship, every job, every apartment, every house, every friendship, every child, they are all gifts, blessings from God that God did not have to give to you. And when you are in the world and you have things of the world, you have blessings. The Bible says that the blessings of God come without sorrow. The blessings of God come without sorrow. So that means that when you are serving God, when you're surrendered to him, he pours out blessings upon your life. And these blessings, many of them are coming from you sowing and then you reap. But these blessings come without sorrow, meaning they come without a curse, meaning they come as with protection. They come to bring glory to God. They come to advance God's kingdom. They come to make people to look at your life and you to shine brighter and see, wow, you're blessed. That, that's the meaning of the blessings of God come without sorrow. But when you're in the world and you get things in the world, the world's way, you blessings of the world, even blessings given from the enemy, they come with sorrow. Meaning when they're not given from God they come with sorrow. They don't come with protection. They, they don't come to bring glory to God and they can be taken away just as easily as they've come. And they can actually bring sorrow just like, um, so many celebrities or, or rich and rich people. Um, so many of them have gotten their wealth or fame from the enemy. Some of them have made deals with the enemy uh and so when the enemy literally gives them these things it comes with immense sorrow. Many times when you when you're seeing some uh, story after story of a celebrity um committing suicide, being addicted to drugs, even the the concerts where t- tons of people die at a certain person's concert, that's the blessings coming with sorrow. You see? so back to blessings of god come without sorrow every blessing that is given from god it is truly a gift we are not entitled to it and we need to thank him for every single blessing and we need to thank him that it's a blessing that comes without sorrow every single blessing you all have millions of blessings in your life every every day god is pouring out new blessings and it's the the fact of the matter is is that many of you have yearned for certain things at one point in your life for many years and then God gave that to you and then the next year or the next month you're not even grateful for it anymore you're wanting the next thing this is like a syndrome of the world this is like the natural way we are as humans without the renewing of the mind in the spiritual realm is we want things we get something that we wanted and we're not even ha- we're happy for 1 second and now we just want something else and then we get that and then we just want something else and then we just want something else so we as believers can be the same way we if we're not careful we can treat the blessings from God this way we can treat the promises of God in this way So we have, the way we combat being this way, being like the world, is first of all, being aware that this is human nature. You might even feel yourself feeling that way. This is when you need to stop yourself and start remembering what God has blessed you with, that thing you were yearning for, crying out for, praying for, and God brought it. It came to pass that promise, And so you need to remind yourself of this. Meditate on it. Thank God for what he has done. Don't take it for granted. Don't jump ahead saying, I can't wait for this next thing now. Be grateful. Be content with what God has given you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, The world says to be thankful one day of the year it's thanksgiving let's go around the table and say what we're grateful for right the world this is the culture of the world it's not popular it's not flashy and exciting to be giving thanks when do you ever hear people of the world say give thanks let's take some time and be grateful right now you don't hear it right We got to understand that, that this is how the world is. We as believers cannot be this way. We cannot be this way if we want to be spiritual, if we want to walk in God's blessings, if we want to please God, if we want to use this power of gratitude tool that we have. It says in the word, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, Rejoice always, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, every single one. This word of God right here is telling us we should be giving thanks always. We should be giving thanks every single day. Giving thanks should be a practice in your life, a, a habit. So often we, when we think about the Christian life of, how to have a relationship with God and what we should be doing as a Christian we 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 think to ourselves we think read the bible we think pray but really giving thanks and practicing gratitude should be right there in 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 that lineup rejoice always give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you this is God's will you know one of the the biggest way that i pray the way, biggest way that i pray is giving thanks to god we should not be giving god a bigger list than a than a bigger list of things we need and we're asking him for than the thanksgiving list and the reason why my thanksgiving uh to god is 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 what i pray the most for is because Well, I want to be praying maturely. I want to be praying in a way that's spiritually mature, in a way that is pleasing to God. All right, so when we pray and when we have requests, when we have things that we need, um, many times it should actually be a declaration because we're called to take authority on this earth and bringing the kingdom of God to this earth. So it should be a declaration. So um, if there's not enough money to pay the bills, it seems the way to pray is to declare every curse of poverty must be broken. I have been given abundant life through Jesus. I declare this, that I have abundance in my finances. I have no lack. And I declare that nothing can stop me from being able to pay the things that I need to pay. I have more than enough. I, Jesus Christ has supplied me with all things. Every, everything I have is declaring, declaring. When you speak these words, you are prophesying, you are bringing the kingdom of God to this earth. You are using your authority in Christ. You are partnering with God. So this kind of prayer is actually like a, is a partnering with God, amen? So if you need that, what you need, you declare. And you should immediately start giving thanks to god for that for doing that in advance thank you jesus i know it's done you said that if you speak to this mountain and you believe that it will move then it will move so i believe that you moved through my words that my prayers were heard that every scheme of the devil has been destroyed i believe i receive and i thank you jesus i thank you jesus for being my provider so you should already begin thanking him for specifically what you're um, like, asking for or declaring for. You should already be thanking him in advance because it's done in the spiritual realm. And it becomes a more powerful prayer. It's, it's building more faith in you to, to thank God in that moment. And it's destroying every scheme of the devil to try to come back in your mind with doubt after you had prayed. So once you've done it, it's done. You don't need... To, There's some people who pray like this, Lord, I need money, bring money. Lord, please, I need money, bring money. Open the doors for money to come. And then five minutes later, Lord, I pray that you would open the doors for money to come. Two minutes later, Lord, I really need this, I pray, I pray, please, that you would open the doors for this money to come. Instead of doing this, which is really worrying and not having faith, and not walking in authority. Why don't we walk in authority, believe it's done, and why don't we start pleasing God by not worrying, by not wasting time with saying um, prayers that don't work and are not pleasing to God? And why don't we start thanking God, spending time thanking God? That's one of the biggest reasons why My thanksgiving to God is one of my biggest prayers because I see it as the most pleasing to God. He's done it, it's done, I spoke it, I did the work in the spiritual realm, I did it, it's simple, it doesn't take 10 hours. We don't need to repeat the same thing again and again and again, it's done, I believe. And I'm walking in faith now and I'm spending my time thanking Jesus. So my day today does not look like a long list of a prayer request. Rather, I'm grateful. Thank you, Jesus. And if you don't know how to pray, many people don't know how to pray, it's because they're not being grateful enough. Be grateful. Start practicing gratitude. I don't know how to talk to God. Look around. Look in your life. Look at the beautiful scenery out here. God's creation, beautiful weather. I'm grateful after being in London in the cold, the gray cold for four, that was 40 degrees. I'm grateful to be. i'm I'm truly grateful. but there's so much throughout your day you can spend time thanking God for so much. This is pleasing to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. amen. it It touches God's heart for you to see spiritually in this way. You're seeing spiritually the truth that God is good that he is worthy of praise and thanksgiving. It touches his heart for him to see you not consumed by worry and fear, not wasting your time doing other things, not wasting your time praying worry-filled prayers, but spending your time thanking him. It's pleasing to him. And, And this right here, I, I, I taught a message last week, confidence in your heart. So I taught a message teaching what really a pure heart is and how to have a pure heart, um, what God is looking for. And this today is an extension of that message because God is looking for this mature heart who has gratitude in it every day that is filled to overflow with gratitude. God's looking for that. He's looking for a heart that's after his, that's pleasing his, that's pleasing him with how you pray. that's pleasing him by not missing out on the blessings that he's doing, but finding the the tiny blessings that other people are missing and thanking him for it. He sees that as a mature heart. He sees that, that as a heart after his. Okay, so number one, I wanted to share with you that the power of gratitude is a key that unlocks contentment amen number two the power of gratitude is what defeats pride and in turn makes you to fulfill your calling First Peter 1 7, it says these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ Jesus, when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. These trials you're going through, it is going to be refining your faith into gold you're going to be coming out like gold because you're going through these trials so when trials come in life and when god is allowing them it's for a beautiful purpose it is the answering of your prayers to fulfill your calling because you have to be refined the bible says that you cannot please god without faith so therefore, faith is what pleases God. So therefore, we must have a big faith to please God the most. So how can we have a big faith if we have not been tested? If our faith has not been tested, amen? We have to be tested. So this mature heart of, that is grateful can see in the spiritual realm, this trial that's come in my life, this is for my good. God is allowing this. This is an answer to my prayer. God is making my faith stronger in this and I'm grateful. The opposite of complaining, which is what most people do and it is, what, is what our instinct is. Oh God, why are you allowing this to happen? Oh, this is really horrible. Instead of doing that, you thank God. You do the exact opposite. This is being spiritually mature because it's the truth. There will be trials. You cry out, Lord, use me, expect trials next. And expect a higher level trial than you ever had before. Lord, use me in your anointing, I'm ready, I surrender everything, I'm ready now, I give everything. You've just signed up for (laughs) the biggest trials you've never even imagined before in your life. I talk from experience, (laughs) but it's a gift. Lord, use me. I want your will to be done. I want to be used in your anointing. And God is answering your prayers. So we should immediately be grateful. (laughs) We see spiritually and we know this is necessary This is God's way. This is how he moves. This is how I become stronger in my faith. This is how I become more like Jesus. This is how I can please him more. This is how I can be used in the anointing. So this trial, I thank God for it. Without it, I could not reach who he's called me to be. So I thank you for this trial that I was once complaining about. You know, I'll never forget Speaking of my biggest prayer being Thanksgiving, I'll never forget in in like the middle, I would say, of the wilderness season that I went through from receiving the, the promise upon my life, from receiving this big prophecy, you're called to be an apostle, you're called to reach the nations, God's gonna do many shocking miracles through you, and revival's gonna break out in LA, and it's gonna spread across the whole world. And now we are seeing it, hallelujah. But before, it was just a prophecy. Those were just prophecies. And I was seeing nothing of that at all. Our church had 20 the first year, 10, 15 the next year, 10 the next year, five the next year, four and a half years until the promise began to be fulfilled and revival broke out. And so in the middle of this time, it wasn't just the, the church getting smaller and not many people coming It wasn't just that that was the hard part. There were so many other trials along the way. There was um, betrayals and backstabbing and the devil trying to literally shut us down. The uh, devil using people to try to call the people that we rented the, the, the place from, the building from, and speak lies about us in hopes that they would literally stop renting to us. Like all sorts of these trials that were so difficult that I was going through, and they were the most difficult trials I'd ever encountered in my life. I knew for sure, wow, this is prophecy must be real then. <laughs> this anointing that I received that I don't see much sign of, it must be real. Devil must see what's in here. Hallelujah, but I remember one time after one of the um, bigger trials that I'd ever faced, it was difficult, and I just remember one night just crying it being so hard, and just waiting on the promise was hard, and going after trial after trial, and not moving forward, it seeming like. And I remember crying, and I remember in that moment, like the instinct is to just complain, the instinct is to just say like, Lord, don't you see this is so hard on me? and. Can this just go quicker or something? This is just hard. You know, that's the instinct. But in that moment, I spoke the words I didn't feel. I spoke to God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for taking me through this, through tears, not tears of joy, <laughs> you know? So the words did not match the tears. Like, it the, it was not my feelings. My feelings were not the words that were coming out, but I was choosing to be grateful. I was choosing to practice gratitude. And I remember saying, Lord, I thank you for taking me through what you're taking me through because you've prophesied, a, you promised a big calling upon my life. It's huge. And to get There, I know I must go through things for you to be able to mold me into your image. I need to look more like you than what I am now. I need to be more like you than what I am right now. I need to sound more like you than what I am right now. I want that. I want to be more like you. And so I understand, Lord. I know in the spiritual realm, this has to happen. There's no way I'm going to be like you. There's no way I'm going to be able to carry this anointing and be an accurate representative of you if I don't go through these things so therefore I thank you I thank you I'm crying I thank you I think and in that moment I began to renew my mind I began to renew my mind and I all of a sudden remembered wow God didn't even ever didn't even have to give me this prophecy I could be just wandering around not knowing where I'm supposed to be like I was before I could be so unsure am I in God's will I don't know But God gave me the assurance. He gave me a direct word. He gave me confirmation upon confirmation. He didn't have to do that. Lord, I thank you for giving me promises. You didn't have to give me promises. I began to start thanking him for things that many times we just look past. We say, God is the God of promises. Yes, and amen. But we don't, we forget to thank him for even giving us promises so that we can have this assurance, so that we can have this peace, so we can have this knowing God is gonna do this. Like Noah, building the ark, looking like he's crazy, he had the assurance. People can think I'm crazy, but I have peace, I have assurance, God said it's gonna happen. So here we are, you know? So I began to thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me these promises. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving me such a calling that I can't, I don't deserve. Thank you, Jesus. This is such an honor. And, and I and in that moment, I just started to be, be transformed in that moment. Transformed. Convicted. Convicted to say even, Lord, this calling you call, you've given me, I don't deserve it ever. I don't deserve it even ever. If I've gone through so many trials and everything, and age 90, 90 years old, I still wouldn't be worthy of what you've called me to. So I humble myself, Lord. Thank you for giving me such a big calling and entrusting me with this when I don't deserve it. Thank you for your grace, amen. And, and I remember thanking God and saying I remember in that moment, thanking God and saying, thank you, Lord, that you have the plan. I don't know what's going on. These things are crazy with the attacks, but you know what's going on. You have the plan. You know exactly what you need to take me through to, to get the patience, to be on point, to get my patience level like yours, to get my compassion to be like yours to get my my zeal and fire like yours, to get my generosity to be like yours, to get my selflessness to be like yours. You know what you need to do to mold this heart in all these different areas to make me truly patient, generous, selfless, loving, compassionate. You know, I don't know what I need to go through. You know, and I thank you, Lord, that you have the perfect plan and I am in your hands. I'm in your perfect molding process. I thank you, Lord. All of that, I just remember crying and thanking God through that all. And I remember just being changed from that day. I never remember being so consumed with like sorrow before (laughs) from the pain, discouragement, but from that day, God had really changed me to, to, to be spiritually sharp always. You know, to, to always be in that place of gratitude and never in that zone of wanting to complain and feeling entitled and feeling like, well, haven't I gone through enough? You know, Or I'm not getting credit for what I'm going through and no one's seeing it. You know. None of that. But staying spiritually in that place of gratitude. Amen? So... I said that gratitude is what defeats pride and makes you to fulfill your calling. The Bible says many times, be humble, humble yourself. And I believe many people wonder, well, how do I humble myself? How do I do that? Give me humility. But it says, be humble, be humble yourself. Well, one of the biggest ways to humble yourself is to be grateful, to practice gratitude. That's what was happening in that moment I just described with you, of that moment where I was crying in that hard time. That was humbling myself, is what that was, through gratitude. I started seeing things really as they are, not being delusional, like I'm entitled, and I deserve this, and I don't deserve this. That's pride, right? So when you can practice gratitude, make that a part of you. Make that such a big part of your prayer. Genuine gratitude. You then begin begin to be able to see yourself really how you are. Humbled. Humbled. Like, who am I? I don't deserve anything. Jesus, have your way with my life, and I'm going to be grateful for all of it. And these people over here, you can do with them what you want to do, and I'm going to praise God for it. I'm not going to say, I deserve this. Why are they getting that? I want that. Why do they have that? When you're grateful, that doesn't enter you. When you're grateful, pride doesn't enter you. You're so focused on, I have everything. I have so much. I shall not want. So when you see other people blessed, you can praise God with them. You can say, "woohoo," you're blessed too, hallelujah. We're blessed, amen. I'm blessed, you're blessed, we're all blessed. Praise God, I'm happy for you. Hallelujah. So if you find that in you, if you find like lots of feelings of jealousy or pride, you can do something about it. This is how you humble yourself. Practice gratitude. Make it an intention. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I mentioned it is what defeats pride and makes you to fulfill your calling. I said this last part, it's what makes you to fulfill your calling because many people um, do not reach their calling because God's God can't use them because they're full of pride. God can only use the humble. God can only lift the humble. Your calling's up here where God wants to lift you for his glory, but he does not. He does not lift the proud. He actually pushes down the proud. He only lifts the humble. So if you want to reach your calling, you have to be humble. And to be humble, you need to be grateful every day. So this is part of that mature heart, that pure heart that I was teaching about last week, that God sees this. He's, he's looking at these moments of pressure. He's looking at these moments where he's taking you through the refining fire. And how do you respond? Do you respond complaining to him Or do you respond with gratitude to him? Will you say, Lord, keep taking me through the fire. Do what you need to do. Or will you say, get me out of here. This isn't worth it. I want to live my own life doing something else. He's looking. And so it's your choice. So when you, when you are grateful, you are, this is making you to be in God's will step by step, day by day, you're practicing that gratitude, you're remaining humble, and you're in God's will, heading to your purpose being fulfilled, amen? Hallelujah. Um, I want to share right now that I was sharing a message um, a couple weeks ago about how there should be a balance of being, being so expectant for God to do the impossible right now. Every every Sunday, for example, we should be so expectant. God is going to do every miracle I need in my life right now. God is going to completely deliver me now. It's important we come with highest expectancy of possible because we need to take the limits off of God, and we're limiting Him when we're like, "Well, the chances of Him doing this miracle, this miracle, and this miracle, are a little small." So I'm just going to believe for like one miracle, so I won't be disappointed. You know? No, we are putting the limits on God when we do that and we are keeping our faith small. We need to come fully expectant. Lord, I believe. I'm believing for the most. And if God is choosing to deliver, for example, in layers, and so he delivers you and does some miracles and then the next week he does more miracles and the next week he does more miracles. Hallelujah. And when that fir- when that first, you know, the first Sunday comes maybe and you're expecting for God to do everything how you should be and then he doesn't do everything right in one Sunday you're not disappointed you're grateful and you're expecting I know more is coming the next time but I'm so grateful for what he's done for me today he didn't have to do this and this is so huge what he's done for me amen so I taught about how it's important that we have this balance always as the high expectancy possible but at the same time being patient with God's ways and understanding that he's the one in control not us and he doesn't tell us things in advance many times. Like he tells us things, but not like when everything's going to happen, the timeline. So it's important we remain childlike, patient, that balance of, of patient and childlike and highly expectant. Amen? So I want to teach you today that when it comes to gratitude, there's a similar balance that God wants us to have. Where it says Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want um, but at the same time, so at the same t- so on one hand, he doesn't want us to like want for things. He wants us to be content always. I have no wants. I'm just I'm so content. But he does want us to hunger for more of him. He does want us to hunger his promises. Be excited, be expectant. For them, he, he wants that, it's very important. This is that faith part I'm talking about, to seeing the miracles come and to seeing more of his presence. He fills the hungry, the Bible says. So it's very important that you are making sure you're having a balance of being content when it comes to God's presence, for example. That you are content with his presence. He is living inside of you right now. That's mind-blowing. The creator of the universe is living inside with you right, na- right now. Are you grateful for that? Or are you like, well, I can't feel him. I just wish I could feel him. You should hunger that you are having, I mean, the, the encounter I had with Jesus when he became so real tangibly to me, when I encountered him in power, it changed my life like never before. It opened my eyes up to God's love like never before. And it's what led me to be able to surrender to Jesus for the first time in my life. And I've been surrendered ever since. So. I I'm I, I'm so grateful more than anything to have the tangible encounter with Jesus. And that's what I want for everybody to tangibly feel Him. To have that tangible experience. That's what I want more than anything. And God wants all of that for you. But at the same time, we need to have this balance where we're not chasing after the feelings. We're not chasing after the encounter. We're not chasing after that tangible feeling but we are content when God wants to make us be mature, build our faith. God is living in me. So we're not people that we, our faith is small, our spiritual eyes aren't open, where we think Jesus is up in heaven only and not living in us. And that when we come to church, for example, or when we have the encounter, that's when Jesus comes to us, but otherwise he's not there. We have to be careful that we're not being spiritually blind like that and not taking for granted God's dwelling, indwelling presence with you 24/7. So sometimes there could be seasons, there'll be seasons many times when God will be hitting you with his tangible power and presence, tangible, tangible. And then sometimes he might pull back on the tangible power. He's there just as much, but he might be wanting to build your faith And build your maturity so that you're not just so that you're not so that you're not forgetting that he's in you all the time so you're not searching after him like he's not there and so you're not chasing the feeling the experience but you're chasing the person of Jesus and the person of Jesus can be still the person of Jesus is within you always not always this experience hallelujah so there can be seasons where God is wanting you to hear him in different ways. Hear him more in his word, reading his word. Be still and know moments of just being still where he's not jabbering tons in your head. He doesn't jabber that much, actually. People think he jabbers all the time. Like, D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. that's people who jabber all the time. But God will speak something and he wants you to follow that direction. And God will be continually speaking, I love you, I'm proud of you. I'm with you, but he's not like us talking about things all the time that don't really make matter. We're just talking to talk, and we're talking to feel the silence, and we're talking because it makes us feel more comfortable. It's making us feel more connected to a person. Well, God sometimes want you to, wants you to be still and know. Focus on the fact that he's living in you, and just be with him, and be still and be okay with that. Be grateful for the simplicity of his presence in you. So when it comes to God's presence, you need to have this balance of always having hunger. Oh, I want more. I want more encounters. I want a vision. I want to, I want dreams. I want to hear out of a voice. Like, yes, that is good. Have that hunger. Keep that hunger alive. Because if God wants those in store for you, you can only have them when you're hungry. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. When you're hungering after more of me, you'll find more of me. You need to have that hunger. But make sure it remains as hunger. Make sure it remains as a hunger while you're grateful for what you have. And not like this obsession where you're like, I'm not happy without this vision, this audible voice, this feeling, this experience. Because if you get there, then you are not being grateful at all anymore for the simplicity of Jesus, the person, and him in you, living in you. And you're missing out on the kind of relationship he wants to have with you. And you're chasing after a relationship that doesn't exist. Your own version. Amen. So it's constantly this balance, making sure that gratitude is there always amidst that hunger. We also need to be grateful at at church here at Fivefold Church. We need to be so grateful for however God wants to move. Be hungry. Be hungry for what God's going to do for you. But sometimes God delivers people silently and quietly. Don't be like, I have to have the manifestation. I need to fall back. Just be hungry for for God, however he wants to touch you. But be content with however he wants to touch you. Many times you don't feel anything. It's just how God decides to move. But you've been delivered. So have that place of hunger. But grat- gratefulness, you know, if you don't feel anything, be grateful that God indeed touched you, healed you, delivered you, and that you're going to see it manifest in the physical realm later. Be grateful right away. Don't wait for the feeling. Don't wait for it to manifest. Amen. And and also here as Fivefold Church, as a body, as a body of Christ, as a church. It's so important we are always grateful for Jesus, all that he is doing here. This is so important to him, this is so important to me as your leader, that we would always be so grateful for his anointing here, for his presence here that's so precious, that's so valuable, that's so rare, his anointing that come, who comes coming in power, amen? That we would never take it for granted, that taking for granted comes when we forget to practice gratitude, when we forget to be grateful. So make sure that you're making a practice. Those of you that come to Fivefold Church, those of you tuning in line, those of you who this is your church, add this to your gratitude prayers regularly. Because otherwise, one by one, there will be disvaluing and lack of reverence. It's important to Jesus and it's important to me as your leader that we are always revering God to the highest level that we remained spiritually mature and aware that the God of revival is here. Amen. Amen. That he's chosen to bring revival here. And we will not take it lightly. We will not take it for granted. But we will see him and his move as the most precious thing in the world. And we will treat him in that way. And we will treat his church in that way. Hallelujah. and. There will be different moves of God that he did there'll be different ways that he moves that he will decide to move the Holy Spirit moves differently there will be times on a certain Sunday where he'll bring so many people here who need deliverance at one time so many people he will bring and it will be a time of deliverance after deliverance after deliverance where that's the work that God is doing that's what he wants to do right now but then there will be other Sundays there'll be other times where that Sunday god just didn't happen to bring on that sunday so many people who needed deliverance on that sunday god has cleaned the house it's it there's a lot of there's so much freedom and it's a time for us to enjoy freedom to enjoy what god has done to thank him for what he's done but it's so important we we need to be mature revival uh members of the revival army warriors In that I mean that we are not looking, because revival, you know, how revival takes off is very like, what's the word? Very like, um, such an experience, you know? And there could be some people coming for experience. There could be some people coming to look and see what's happening. Miracles? Demons? There can be people that are coming for the experience, just to watch maybe, or maybe just for them to receive an experience. So that's always going to be there in every revival where there's people that that's a big intention of them is to come for the experience, the exciting experience. The you know, but we need to be coming for Jesus. Amen. Amen. We need to be coming to worship him and to allow him to move how he wants. To receive from him how he wants to move. And so there will be so and it's revival now. So most of the time it is so much experience, beautiful experience, of power, shocking signs, wonders, miracles, just like in the Acts church it says they were in awe of the miracles performed by the apostles. That's what it says in the Acts church. Constantly in awe, miracles, whoa. Demons cast out, people healed, power of God, whoa. And it's it's exciting. It's so exciting. But if there's a time when it looks different how Holy Spirit's moving, it's looking more gentle. It's looking more like calm. And that day, maybe there's not tons of deliverance that needs to take place. It's just looking more calm. And it's a time to receive from the Holy Spirit in a different way. That's awesome then. If God wants to move in a different way like that, that's awesome. We rejoice. Amen. Amen. But it's so important that we are not searching for something, searching for an experience, searching for the move of God to look a certain way each time. But we are just surrendered to Jesus and so grateful for his presence, for his anointing, and that he moves every single time. Whether it's like big falling back everywhere, demons screaming everywhere, or if it's like a calm, gentle move of the spirit that brings just as much transformation and change and true anointing and power in you. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Lastly, I want to share one more point, number three, the power of gratitude makes you to be able to maintain your miracle. Amen? Amen? Luke 17, 11 it says that jesus he was traveling along the border between samaria and galilee as he was going into a village ten men who had leprosy met him they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice jesus master had pity on us when he saw them he said go show yourselves to the priests and as they went they were cleansed one of them when he saw he was healed came back praising god in a loud voice he threw himself at jesus's feet and thanked him Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So Jesus, this is powerful, and this is what I share many times, that there are different ways that Jesus delivers and heals. And one of the ways he moves is he, like the guy with leprosy, the people with leprosy, he, he released his anointing upon them. But they didn't see a physical manifestation of it yet. But as they, with faith, believed that they have received from Jesus, they believed anointing was working in them, healing them, and they would see it manifest. They believed. So they believed, and they walked in obedience. They did what he said, and they found that it manifested from spiritual to physical their healing, where they could see with their own eyes. What had already been done in the spiritual realm, it had already been done. So Jesus moves the same way today, many times. Many times, some of you today will actually be healed and delivered on your way home. After you leave the place, you will receive anointing here today, but then as you leave is when the anointing is working in you and you start to notice the physical manifestations of it. Amen? But there's a powerful principle in this scripture right here that some of these guys did not go back and give thanks to God. They disvalued Jesus and his anointing and the miracle. And they took it casually, obviously, if they couldn't go back and thank him. So they just said, okay, cool, and just went about their lives. But the one guy made it priority to thank Jesus, ran back and thanked Jesus. And Jesus says, where are the others? Jesus is seeing this as a problem. He's not seeing this as a problem because he just wants to hear the thank you, He's seeing this as a problem for their spiritual well-being because this is how important it is that you thank God, that you give thanks, that you don't disvalue what God has done for you, that you give thanks in every way possible, which definitely includes testifying publicly. If you're not testifying publicly of what God has done for you, you're, you're not giving him enough thanks. And when we, so when you are giving God a proper thanks for the miracles he's done for you, you are keeping doors shut to the devil to try to come back and bring bondage again or sickness. But when you thank Jesus properly, when you're testifying publicly, thanking him, giving him glory, this is a key to maintaining your freedom. There's an anointing of protection that comes upon you. Devil can't sneak back in that area and bring back the the sickness, the oppression. Also, when you thank God, when you're thanking God and you keep it in your mind, it becomes valuable to you, the miracle, where you're careful not to do anything to lose it. For example, when the devil's speaking lies to you in your head, saying you're going to lose your miracle, you've lost it, you weren't really freed, you weren't really healed, these things, because you valued it by thanking God a lot and properly, you, you remember that moment that he freed you and he healed you and you knew that you knew that you knew you were freed, you were healed. So the devil cannot defeat you with his lies because you valued what Jesus did. You thanked him. You valued him more by thanking him. And so it became this concrete, like, concrete, like, covering over you where the devil can't pierce back and try to rip away your, your healing, your freedom, your miracle. Amen. There is power in your gratitude. Amen. There is such power. Use it, use it, use it, use it. It's one of the biggest tools you have in the spiritual realm to walk in abundant life, to please God, to experience intimacy with Jesus and to fulfill your purpose on this earth. Gratitude. It's not hard to do. You have it in you already. You just need to use it. And I want to share one last thing. Practically, it has to be a practice. You have to make it a practice to thank God. You have to have intention or else it won't happen. So I want to share with you practically right now, make it a practice. Make it a habit. Be religious with this one. Just kidding. (laughs) I'll never say be religious. But many times it's not good to have rituals. But in this area, make it a practice. Every day, be thanking God. Every single day. Thank him for just the person of him, relationship with him. Thank him for your blessings. Go through in your mind. Write them down, the blessings. Thank him for the blessings, for the things that you crave for, hunger for, prayed for, and God did it. Thank him. And when you are starting to feel discontent, when you are starting to feel so like you want to complain. This is the time you need to use that tool of gratitude. Start making a list. Start speaking aloud your Thanksgiving to God. Amen.